morning, good afternoon, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Uh, welcome to the Groovy Podcast. My name is Ken Cousin, and we are podcasting from live from the Gradle Summit in Palo Alto, California. Uh, with me, you want to say who you are? Yes, Marco Vermelin. Pronounce Vermelin? How do you yeah. say it again? Vermelin. I've been pronouncing it wrong all this time. Okay, I, go ahead. I just said uh, you say yours. I've just said Ken Carlson forever. Oh, really? Yeah. It's cousin like the relative. It just doesn't look like it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> We're all learning yeah. new things today. Yeah. Anyway, Marco's based in? In London. Yeah. In London. So, and then we also have, now you're going to say this correctly. Right? Uh, I'm Scott Cronier. Yes, I'm also actually based in the UK, but I'm probably nearly two hours away from the, where Marco lives. I'm living <laughs> on the other side of London. But you're from South Africa. Yeah, but right? Marco and I originally from South Africa. And Marco, you're as, as well? Yeah. Okay. And of course, we have London. the inimitable. <laughs> um, Luke Daly, uh, uh, with your cradle, and yeah, here at the conference talking. And uh, I'm from uh, Brisbane, Australia. You're from Brisbane, the same location as Paul King, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually not actually from Brisbane. Like, I didn't grow up there. It's where I live now. Uh, so, but, but Paul did. Yeah. But we so, live in the same city. If I get this correct, it's okay for me to say good night, mate. That works, okay. But if I yeah. offer you a Foster's, you would not be happy. I would not be happy. That would not be good. And if I said uh, uh, that's enough, no, that's that's not enough. Then you then you may never speak to me again. Would that be this right? Is true. Yeah. Okay. So stay away from Crocodile Dundee references. It's the safest choice. Okay, yeah. and no Foster's, but regular beer is fine. Right? Yes, absolutely. Any particular one? Or on the west coast of California, plenty of delicious beers to be had here. Yeah, yeah. Sierra and Nevada. And, we're Sierra Nevada. and we do have a reception tonight for the yes, conference. Yes, yes. So, advantage. for those who are not aware, this is the Gradle Summit. The Gradle Summit is held annually each year in Silicon Valley. I mean, here we are in Palo Alto. I think mm -hmm. last year uh, we were. Usually been in Santa Clara. Santa Clara, okay, right? Yeah. Right. And it is part of the considered affiliated with the no fluff just stuff conference series and that is also my cue to mention that they host our homepage you know no fluff just stuff.com slash groovy podcast and you can watch or listen to any of the podcasts uh we of course we're also on itunes or wherever else you might be interested okay so the conference started this morning with hans doctor giving the keynote and he brought up some very interesting features. One that you were particularly involved in was the, the scan, the new scan capability. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a big conference for us. Um, we're announcing Gradle Cloud Services, which is a, it's a, a realignment or reshifting of what Gradle actually means. Mm. So now um, Gradle is, historically when we talk about Gradle, we've been talking about a build tool, a program that you run to run your builds. But now we're um, changing Gradle to encompass both that aspect, which we're calling the Gradle Build Tool, as well as enriching services as well as so the cloud services that that's, um, help you build faster and do certain things. So as part of that, the first thing that we are um, we announced today and released is the Gradle Build Scan feature. Right, so what what build scans are? Uh, so when you run a build, you can effectively produce a scan for this, and that gives you all kinds of interesting information about that build. So things like um, so back up a little bit, you get a URL at the end of your build. So you run a build as per usual, you get a URL at the end, you follow that, you get to a nice HTML page, it's a very modern web app, it's sleek, it looks good. And you can see the console output that just happened, you can look at the failure information, you can dig into the test, you can find out all kinds of inf interesting information about that build that just happened. So what's particularly interesting about that is that 
that's a build running on somebody's machine and your coworkers or something like that. It might be in a different time zone, different country. They can run a build, send you that link, and you can find out all kinds of information about what just happened there. So you make clever debugging, you know, can you tell me what's wrong with this build? Is this test failure yours, etc.? It's a very easy way to share information. And also just get a level of information inside our builds that you haven't able to do before. So things like there's a visualization of dependency graph, you can do searching, and all this kind of great stuff. So we're at the beginning of this, it's, it's available today and you can use it. Uh, if anybody wants to, you can go to scans.gradle.com and there's a step-by-step -step process to get this set up. And you can create build scans today. It's a free service and I recommend everybody to give it a try. Now yesterday, uh, Gradle 3.0 Milestone 2 yep. was released. Is this part of that? Is that built into that? Or it's is not it separate? It, yeah, currently it's a separate plugin. Okay. So you go through the steps. It's about three lines to paste into your Gradle script, and away you go. You can create build scans, yeah. Over time, um, somewhere in the 3.x series, it'll become built in, and sort of more and more convenient. As I recall from the command line, it had a dash capital D scan. Yeah. That's one yeah. of the so, command line Yeah, so there's two steps. You basically add some stuff to your build to pull in the plugin. There's a terms and services agreement that happens as part of that. And when you run a build, you specify a dash, capital D, scan. So that's a pretty great scan for this build. Build runs as per usual. So it can be any build, you know, build, test, compile, whatever, uh, any invocation. And at the end, pops up that link, follow that link, and then you can um, get a result report. So the simplest, you can think about it as just a better way to find out what just happened than going and looking at the console output and going and looking at files and disk, et cetera. It's very nice, rich kind of um, interface for getting that information. Yeah, Hans, when he ran it in the in the in the keynote, he ran it on part of uh, Gradle Core, mm -hmm. as I recall, yep. which actually ran rather quickly. I was quite jealous of his machine. He must have a lot of RAM. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, then he was able to bring up the web page, and there was a set of filters and all kinds of search capabilities, and it's very yeah. impressive the amount of information that was available. I do imagine that'll be quite popular. Is that going to be free for at least some level? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So really, what we want to get to is that it's just a natural thing to do. For all Gradle users, you know, it's, it's a, the best way after running a build to kind of look at what happened, to debug diagnosis, you look at build scans. So that's something that will always be free at that level. Right? So you run a build, create a build scan, go and look at it, absolutely. But, but then the enterprise services part. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that we announced today is what we're calling Gradle Enterprise, which is effectively this service that you can install on your own servers and run in-house. You, know, you can put it behind the firewall, disconnect it from the internet. So the way that the, the public offering, scans.gradle.com works, is that when you run that build, it sends that information up to our servers mm -hmm. in the cloud. Right. All secured, of course, but um, for some people, you know, that's for their work projects, that's, they're not going to be able to do that. So they need to install it in-house. So Gradle Enterprise is a product um, that, that we're offering. It, it's, it's not a free product. Um, it's a subscription-based product. Really simple to install, um, containerized thing, so it's, it's really nice and convenient to run. Um, you set it up, and then instead of pushing that build data to our cloud service, you push it to your one in-house, and, you, and you'll use it at that service, and your data never leaves the network. As I recall, it also gave advice as well. It wasn't just a question of listing data. It also had recommendations right. and warnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like that. so that's a very big part of it. So. Um, there's a lot of information to surface and visualize that we want to show, but also we want to, you know, with, the informa with that information, tell people about what they can be doing better in that build, so suggestions on how to make it faster, potential problems they might want to look at, that kind of thing. So it's more than just data visualization. 
um, having that information allows us to, we can detect certain patterns based on that information and something, and also allows us to do, over time, this isn't something that's there yet, but something that we're working on, we're rolling out, doing sort of trend analysis across bills, right? So you can see that for some reason on your coworker's machine, that bill is five times slower, like that, so we can, you know, point out those kind of things and see what the differences are and help diagnose those problems. Yeah. Well, and of course the buzzword for 2016, I suppose the buzz phrase would be machine learning and AI. Absolutely. And yeah. That's all cool coming somewhere down yeah. the line, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, great. We'll come back to, to all that as well. Uh, we also have now, uh, you say Skulk, right? Yep. Actually, it's pronounced Skulk, and I've been doing it wrong all along. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, it took a while for you to get to it. Now I don't I, feel bad when I go into Starbucks and I say, what's my name? I just say Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, this is such a common trap for people who just communicate over the internet, isn't it? No idea how to pronounce the name. Well, and I also fell into a trap earlier this week because I thought I saw the tweet when you tweeted the, the daily Gradle tip, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, I want to get that person on the podcast. I wonder who that is. And somebody went, well, you know, if you look at the guy's profile, you'll see it's Skulk. Yeah. So when, how long have you been doing that? I'm not actually sure. I can't remember. It started a couple of months ago. So I was actually going through the process of finding little things and then tweeting it. And then I thought, this isn't really working because if somebody wants to follow they get everything else I'm saying, and they might only be interested in Gradle. So I thought it would be a good idea to just create a little um, account with just like tweets, low volume, one tip a day. Um, and originally started by just doing it Monday to Thursday because I didn't want to do everything. And then I, tried, I sort of changed it. It's still Monday to Thursday. But on Fridays, it will always tweet something about the new plugin. So you can get an idea to go through things. Cool. Yeah. The actual handle is? The Daily Gradle. The Daily Gradle. Yes. So at The Daily Gradle. That's right. Because I know I'm following it. And then, of course, I tune it out. Don't remember yeah. what, the, what the name is. Like, I had to actually, in order to invite the three of you, I had to remind myself and go look up what your Twitter handles yeah. were <laughs> yeah. because they were not immediately obvious to me. Yeah. yeah. So the Daily Gradle. Now, it's, it's not officially affiliated at all with Gradle. No, not at all. And I actually wanted to keep it that way originally. So when I started off, I just created a quick fake logo, which is like a pink elephant. <laughs> and then after a while, one somebody from Gradle contacted me and said, oh, I really like this. Don't oh. you want a better logo? And it actually made me a pink version oh. of oh, that logo. So, nice. so that's the one that's up there now. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I just wanted to be that way in case I tweet something that's not really, you know, in line with what Gradle wants, that it doesn't actually come up. I, I love it, but it's it's not a a, a great link. It's 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 community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. I've been working with with Gradle for five years. A couple of times, I've seen something. Oh, that's cool. Didn't know about that. So it's awesome. yeah. even so, better. Very cool. Now you're also doing. What talk are you doing at the conference? Um, I'm talking about idiomatic uh, plugin writing for Gradle. Which is a follow-on from the books. Yeah, you yeah. you wrote one book already. It's a Lean Pub book, right? That's right. Called Idiomatic Gradle Plugins, as yes. I recall. And you've announced there's a can be a volume two. That's right. So the first volume is pretty. I mean, that's it's 25 recipes, and it's pretty much very pragmatically based. I've got a problem to solve. It's a typical solution you would do, and it gives you a couple of examples so they go through those kind of um, levels. And what I liked about doing it on Lean Pub was specifically that. If a new Gradle version comes out, we'd say coming out pretty much thick and fast. Uh, yeah. I effectively just update the build script, which takes that and tests all of the samples in the book against the latest versions as well. 
and uh, obviously the whole book is actually driven is built by Gretel. Uh, it's written on ASCII Doctor. Um, it's just one, pretty much one awesome. continuous process. It's how book and that should be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You also are providing another valuable service that I should comment on is that you are more or less live tweeting the, the talks you've been to. Yeah. Uh, as you're going at any particular talks you found interesting? I mean, it's only day one. Yeah. Uh, I really love uh, Ben Mushko's. I think it's still in Yeah, Ben Mushko. Um, yeah, that, that's one of five we've got right today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ben did a talk about yeah. Gradle Test Kit, yeah. which I had no idea was actually bundled inside Gradle Core. I mean, I, I didn't realize that, I mean, the, the user guide for Gradle goes on for like 70 sections now. And it turns out that's one of them, you know, and he gave a lot of good examples and everything of using the Gradle Test Kit. Yeah, and what I really liked it was I, was, I used to give feedback on the Test Kit from early on, complaining about things that's not there. And it's now since about two to thirteen really got to a place where I could actually you now pretty much get rid of Gradle test, which is plug and I wrote. It serves pretty much the same purpose. Uh, but obviously test is much more integrated, actually works a lot better. I hope those uh, I think I saw his slides from an earlier version of that talk. I don't know where he gave it, but I know he had them online. I'm sure they'll be updated. Uh, yeah. soon like that. But the more people I, I have never used it and now I'm feeling bad because um, I know what you're supposed to follow is TDD, right? Write the test, watch them fail, right? And then fill them in. I like to follow what I call GDD. It stands for guilt-driven development. <laughs> if I write code that's not tested, I feel guilty about it and then write a test. So I have got to try that out. There's know? one great thing about testing is you can actually use it to discover how Gradle works. So you create a test with something and you start stepping through it and then you can actually see how some of things get loaded. Very so interesting. Now, Marco, you've been to a few talks today. Anything in particular stand out? Well, I think Ben's talk for me was just really fantastic. Um, I also really enjoyed the keynote because I think the keynote actually just yes. gave such a nice global view of everything that's happening. There's so much excitement and so much buzz in the Gradle community at the moment. Um, and that talk just kind of said it all, you know, just kind of really laid everything down very nicely. And it was another one of those talks where Hans didn't speak the whole time. He spoke for a little while and then let somebody else come in and then somebody else and somebody else like Luke got a chance to show the, the scans and uh, other people were involved in other sections. The Copland uh, section in particular. Yeah. <laughs> a, I actually have a segue for that. Uh, Marco, of course, for those who are not necessarily aware, is the author of the phenomenal SDK manager, uh, the former GVM. Right, SDK man. Right, yeah. SDK man. Right, as opposed to, no, I'm not going there either. Uh, mm -hmm. Any rate, I have noticed that on SDK man, in addition to be able, being able to install Gradle and Ruby and Rails and other projects, even Ant, right? Yeah. Now you can install Kotlin and Scala. And well, but that's not my segue. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the Kotlin <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that, of course, brought up the whole. Kotlin discussion yeah. as part of the as part of the demo. Yeah. And what did you think of any of that? Uh, interested or what's your impression of that? Um, about that being on SDK, man. Any of it? Well, or just Kotlin in general, and, and being part of uh, being able to use Kotlin to write build scripts in Gradle. Is that going to change anything you do? Or are you interested? So I'm a person who's always believed in polyglot programming. I just I love languages in general. I'm not stuck on just one language. So I think this is a really, really exciting development. I think it's a great move forward. Um, personally, I think 
you know, the more languages we can involve, the better. Um, more communities we can draw in, um, more people we can get involved with. I think it's fantastic. And before we go too much into that, I should ask you, are there changes or things coming up for SDK Man, actually? Yes. Um, so there's been a lot of work going on in the background regarding the infrastructure that backs SDK Man. Um, so we've got about five or six microservices that sit in the back and that do all the work. Um, I've put quite a lot of work into containerizing all of them. They're all running inside of Docker now. Um, I've migrated them off the existing platform onto a new platform, which is going to allow us to scale a lot better. Um, the reason it needs to scale more is because we're going to be introducing the JDKs very soon. Oh, really? So At long last, something yes. we've always needed. Yeah. So I've always held back because the current infrastructure wouldn't have been able to handle the load. But now the new infrastructure will scale easily, and uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be a good move forward. Who's providing the hosting for that? So I've Can moved, you say? Or? Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose um, it's with Digital Ocean now. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. They and they they give you more of an infrastructure as a service. So. I can actually SSH into the boxes. I can I can do a lot more. I've got a lot more power, and I can run Docker myself. And so it just gives you, you know, the ability to to tweak and, and work with the stuff. Are they contributing this as, as a contribution open no. source, or so no. somebody's paying for this? Yeah. Is yeah. it you? That's, that's oh well, we're gonna you're gonna have to set up something so that we get paid. I mean, you're gonna wind up running a Patreon account or something like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, belong to because it's a great service to the community. I'm always very grateful, and it's it's something that works every time, and, and I use it wherever I have a Unix-based system. Uh, I know there's something about Posh GBM, or I think that's still called Posh GBM. Right? It is. There are some Windows applications, right? Yeah. So that's basically um, that's a, a community thing. Um, it was kind of contributed, but it has grown a bit stale. I don't think it's being actively developed at the moment. Um, but yes, we, we hopefully want to bring that back again at some point. There's interesting developments on Windows now with the new Ubuntu shell that's coming. Right. Um, which is going to change a lot of things in the Windows world, I think. So a lot of people have been wanting a proper, powerful shell for a long time. And it's obviously just going to be able to work right in there on Windows then. Then we just need enterprise clients to be willing to use it and adopt it and let their employees use it and see how that goes. Yeah. Hopefully that will work. So many of these machines are so locked down, it's so difficult. But hopefully that'll work. But at any rate, that brings us back to the whole Kotlin idea. Okay. Now the demo this morning when Hans was uh, actually it wasn't Hans. He turned it over to two people, Chris and Rodrigo. Chris, Chris Beams, and Rodrigo yeah, Spring Source Fame. Used to work oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Uh, was, he, was he also Pivotal, or did he lead Pivotal? No, he was Pivotal as well. So he didn't use anything Spring. Oh, okay. And Rodrigo? Uh, I can't record where Rodrigo. Do you remember his last name? I don't know. spot? No. Um, he'll be on there. He was in a sort of different part of the, the company. We didn't get to talk too much. Yeah, Rodrigo. Um, no, I'm not going to remember. But where are they now? So Rodrigo's in Brazil. Uh -huh. uh, and Chris is in Vienna. Do they work for? Now they work for IntelliJ, right? No, or no, for JetBrains, no, right? They work for Greater Link. Oh, they work for Greater Link. Okay, so I did meet one of the people here who works on the Kotlin team at IntelliJ. Yep. So uh, from what I understand, this is a very close relationship. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a that, that's a key part of it. Um, 
yeah, so we started talking with JetBrains a, a little while ago about this, um, and they've clicked very quickly from the start that they wanted this to be a collaboration. Uh, they really want uh, Gradle to be the build tool for, for Kotlin-based applications and, and part of that ecosystem. Uh, it's, it's going to put a little bit more on that as well, but yes, yeah, so we're working very closely with them. Uh, features are being added to the Kotlin language for this, and we're and also, so there's a sort of bit of trifecta here. We have the idea team mm -hmm. adding features that we need. We have the Kotlin language team doing the same, and we're at the same time doing things to Gradle to support this. So it's a very concerted effort. Now, the demo this morning was impressive in that the the were obvious, the, the control space type functionality of seeing what was available yeah. and applied. It did show things that looked a little different. I mean, you had to apply extension plugins and things like that, which many people are not going to be aware of. Uh, plus, when you, when you look for the code assist, you got such an enormous range of options that uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of filtering might make that a little bit easier. Sure. Um, but the point is that it gives any options. Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, so it's certainly a different world than what you get in the yeah, regular movie. This, this is really a key goal and key focus is editing assistance for build scripts. That's probably reason number one why we're on this journey. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, there are some technical aspects to it as well, but there's also just some, uh, there are some historical reasons why this is the case. The, the Gradle, as we know it, DSL, came from a different time in software development. There's a different focus. Right? So um, it's not necessarily down to the language, it's about the design choices. It was designed in a way for conciseness, uh, readability, and that's very often at odds with tooling support. Right? So what's really optimized for humans isn't so optimized for machines. Like machines have to be able to do the editing. So what we're doing now is having go back and, going back and having a little bit of a rethink about it and say, what, what kind of compromises are we willing to make on conciseness and minimal syntax which is the previous Gradle DSL. Right. Let's, let's get rid of as much syntax as possible and make it human readable, which is a great goal. But now, with, with this sort of next generation, how can we retain as much of that as possible, but have the editor help you write that and tell you when you've made mistakes and do all that kind of stuff that you know, we want from statically compiled languages or languages with you know, rich typing and compilers that really help you. And it actually looks surprisingly similar. Right. That's yeah. It's yeah. very, very close. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely not a. We don't want to get rid of everything, right? We love the Gradle DSL, yeah. and, and it's like it, 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 we want to. We now have a different goal, and we're changing a little bit, and we want to. So, so I think they, those guys have done an amazing job. I'm in partnership with JetBrains, and yeah, we're trying to stay as close as possible. We want it to look familiar and feel familiar, but at the same time, embrace the, the aspects of Kotlin that are there to be used. Um, so it uses uh, reified types, which is a common feature quite heavily to, to really cut down the syntax, which is great. Um, yeah, and get that, that editing assistance. Uh, you bring up a very good point then, because you actually mentioned what it was done in the previous time. We had a different focus. And the point I always was sort of make about Gradle specifically as being a new generation tool, and we're actually using that to learn what we want from the new generation of building stuff. So that's a very interesting sort of move. Uh, personally, I still think that the Kotlin DSL is a bit more robust than the groovy one. But actually, what Pasta is coming out of this is what we actually want to say is we want a new generation language that can still be very concise and do everything else we need. So this is part of our learning curve of actually improving the whole pipeline. Well, I do have to push back a little bit. I mean, you are implying, in however subtly, that the size of, of the build file is going to get bigger. I mean, the, that the DSL is not going to be quite as terse or as easy to follow as it is in Ruby currently. Um, I mean, 
we're, we're, I think it's likely. We're not done yet, so it's hard to say. Exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of inevitable going to a statically typed language. You're going to yeah. have to introduce yeah. types, and therefore, I mean, with Ruby, you can just put in a closure and let it do what it does. Yeah. And of course, the price you pay for this is that during the configuration time, it has to resolve all those dependencies somehow, and that can be somewhat somewhat elaborate. But if you're going to use a statically typed language, you have to put the types in somewhere. That's right. The, the, you need to convey more information to the compiler. Yeah. So it's a trade-off, and this, this is the trade I'm talking about, and, and the feedback that we're getting from our users and Android users specifically, um, but not just Android users, is that for builds get complex and build scripts get complex, too much to hold in, in one's head, so some help from machines to edit them and to work completely, that kind of thing, would be really valuable. Uh, I just keep flashing back to the fact that XML was very easy for machines to read, and that's what ultimately gave us Maven. So, I mean, I don't want to get nasty. <laughs> no, 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 that's a good point, though, but I, I would make a point that I mean, this is this is a trend in software, right? This is a swinging pendulum. Yes, yeah. it is. So we we swung it from the verbosity of XML to go. Let's go con as concise as possible. Mm -hmm. and we gave something up when we did that. So now we're kind of swinging back and balancing out. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the key issues in the Groovy community is the lack of support for Eclipse-based tools, because no one is currently working on this. That was something that we were discussing heavily at the at GreatConf in, in Copenhagen. And one of the interesting side elements of Hans's presentation, not today, but at the, at the user group, was that apparently JetBrain is also going to be supporting the development of Kotlin support in Eclipse. Is that correct? Is that correct. what you've heard as well? Yeah. It seems a bit of a uh, conflict of interest. It's going to be an event here. We're just going to be setting up. So just we will be 10 minutes of okay. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, At any rate, so that, there, that does seem a bit of a conflict of interest, although not too bad. Uh, is it really going to be their job to support the free Eclipse tool space? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I mean, JetBrains have their own reasons why they're producing Kotlin and they want it to succeed. It's not just about a language that works with idea. I mean, it's a, it's a first class thing in its own right. And there's Eclipse is still a big and powerful IDE with many, many users. So well, there is a precedent. I mean, IBM, of course, was trying to sell rational application developer and gave us Eclipse. So there was a free tool, and then there was their commercial offering. And it sounds like a similar thing will be going on here. They'll support Eclipse-based tools, and then hopefully people will segue into IntelliJ ideas. I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I I don't have any. Um, Direct insight into what the, the strategy sure. is there, but I imagine it's not that makes sense. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're strongly committed to Eclipse two and for Kotlin. And to be honest, that's just another reason for us because Eclipse is a very important part of for us. There are many, many great users using Eclipse using BuildShip, and um, the the lack of uh, sort of uh, movement and evolution from Ruby on Eclipse is, is another motivation. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, of course, the um, I know you're heavily involved in the Groovy community anyway, because for those who are not aware, uh, Luke is also the head of the Rat Pack project. Mm -hmm. And there was a talk on Rat Pack. Unfortunately, I had to go to a different one at the same time. Is there anything you want to say about Rat Pack? I know the Learning Rat Pack book is out. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah. So the, the long awaited Learning Rat Pack book from the infamous Dan Woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it all Dan Belloper, who did the worst possible thing he could possibly do yesterday. I've done many of those. Yeah. Well, no, no. This one is a whole new level. All I could picture was uh, well, did you see? You saw the tweet, right? He created. A, a GitHub repository that shows how to write your build file, Gradle build file, in so JavaScript, yeah, yeah. no less, in JavaScript. Yeah. I mean, how evil is that? I mean, all I could picture was Godfather Part Three and the Cardinal saying, 
you know, your, your sins are monstrous. You deserve to suffer. I mean, this is really bad, you know. Uh, but, yes, he did do that, and he did the Learning Rap Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of books, I do have to at least say that at this conference is the first appearance in print form of Gradle Recipes for Android. Uh, my book is out now. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. Thank you. You know, I'd so probably sign a few of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy yeah, to yeah. give those out. Uh, that'll all be in conjunction with Gradle. You know, it's part of their series with uh, Tim Berglund and, and um, Matthew McCullough wrote a previous versions in that, or previous editions, I suppose, in that series. Um, anything else uh, you want to bring up? Anything else you're interested in? Anything else going on in your in your technical world? Or? I can I can just say something. I've uh, started working for Gradle as well. Oh right, and right. it's my second week in, yeah. and yeah. having lots of fun. We probably would have mentioned that earlier if we hadn't been quite so jet lagged, right? Yeah. Very good. Well, yeah. thank you very much, all of you, for coming. I appreciate this last minute thrown together here, and uh, even as you can see, we're being kicked out of the room anyway. Uh, but this podcast is uh, will go out to everybody today, and and I'm just very glad. And then we'll see how things develop tomorrow. Okay. So thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you. Take care. Thanks.